Warning! What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem! I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world! stuff hell yeah uh yeah so let's just get into it i guess huh? beautiful i'm down i'm ready to get into this this is what i'm here for let's go all in all right all right he had grown used to the routine he had been watching for some time now and had been very careful in his planning he knew that it would come down to seizing the moment when that moment presented itself. So he waited, and he watched. The young girl and her mother would stroll the fields, checking out all the beautiful plants with their bright flowers and heavenly aromas, never knowing the darkness that was just out of sight. They came to these fields often, and they felt safe. There was no reason for them not to. The young girl did love to wander, though, she would wander about the fields, picking flowers, smelling them, making small bouquets, and presenting them to her mother, who loved those bouquets a lot. And although they always felt safe, her mother was ever aware and protective. That made the caution of the watcher in the shadows painfully, he, he was painfully aware, and he knew he would only get one opportunity to seize the one that in his heart he knew he loved so desperately. He needed to take her so they could run away and be together forever. All right. That's what he wants to do, huh? Okay. That's what he wants to do, huh? That's yeah. what we're doing? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that seems fine, right? I mean, totally healthy behavior and mindset. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one day... Observing the clouds and the poor state of the crops in the field to adjacent to where they had been, uh, maybe she was praying for rain, urging it on. But her daughter, who had been close by, she'd been right there with her a moment ago, holding her hand. She had been so delighted with the flowers today that she had ran off and was starting to pick flowers immediately, uh, looking for a new bouquet to bring home. When the mother's thoughts of the rain and crops had passed, though, the mind, her mind had wandered, or 
Oh, man. Her mind had turned to see where her daughter had skipped off to. Her stomach dropped when she didn't see her. Panic flooded her mind, and she began running through the fields, screaming her name into the wind. But the girl was gone. Vanished. The woman cried out in anguish. He had been waiting, just where he couldn't be seen unless one were to really be searching for him. He had watched as the girl had run off from her mother, and her mother, who had seemed more distracted than ever before, he knew his time had come. He pounced. With his new prize, he was all too pleased with himself. The young girl, so beautiful, had been taken and would be forever his and all would be his forever and always. He forced her in some sort of sick ceremony to marry him. And that is how Persephone became the queen of the underworld to rule alongside her husband. God damn it, Hades, son of a bitch. As soon as you said Persephone, I'm like, oh, for this fucking guy, (laughs) this maniac. God damn it. Uh Uh-huh. Well, her mother, her mother, I'm sure this isn't how you say it, but this is how I'm going to say it. Demeter. That's probably like Demeter or Demeter. I mean, I I think. Demeter. Go go with it. Though. uh, Was so wrought with sadness and loss at the disappearance of her beloved daughter had fallen into a deep depression. She had no idea what had become of her child, and it pained her horribly. She had covered the entire world looking for her daughter, and she never found any sign of her. God, she's not... I'm sorry, I know I know things she doesn't. I'm frustrated for her. Ah, don't look there. It's somewhere else. Yeah. Her depression was so complete that the earth felt it. The plants began to wither. The crops began to die. A famine gripped the earth. A famine that endured for a whole year and affected nearly every living thing on earth. Finally, Zeus decided he had to intervene. He's like, okay, everything's After a year. This is a problem. After a year. (laughs) Zeus. Is Zeus an American politician? He's like, oh, this shit's getting real now. I better fucking do something about this fucking disaster. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) A year. (laughs) He's like, okay. Uh Okay, everybody. This is bad. All right. So Zeus, Zeus tried to explain what had happened. He was like, Demeter, love her. Listen, you know, it's Hades. He's kind of the black sheep of the family, and I don't really want to talk to him. They're married. There's nothing really I can do about it, you know. <laughs> what a passing the buck. Always. I'm the best. <laughs> I'm the strongest god ever. I defeated the Titans. I can't do anything, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he tries to talk his way out of it. Well, Demeter, the goddess of harvest, grain, and fertility, was like, well, it's going to be a long famine then. He's like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm miserable without my daughter, and I can't find the energy to focus on anything but being sad. So Zeus thought about it for a minute and was like, fine. I'll go talk to Hades. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. Ah, oh, she's she got me there. What a good negotiator. 
I'm just gonna kill everything. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm gonna kill everything. <laughs> it's all gonna die. <laughs> oh my. He's like, oh, oh my gods. That's what he said. Oh, oh me, oh me, oh my family. That's what, oh, <laughs> oh my me and my family. Oh, me and my crazy family. Me and my insane family. So Zeus, he goes to the underworld and he hashes it out with Hades. They make an agreement. For six months of the year, his wife, Persephone, will stay with him. For the other six month, months of the year, she will be allowed to return home to her mother. And, and that is what the goddess of nature and vegetation, Persephone, would do for the rest of time. And that is how the seasons were made. I just love this. He's like, everything is gonna die. It's like, well, she can go back for a little bit. So like, only half. So only half of your things will die. Good enough. I'm out of here. Good enough. Pat yeah. yourself on the back. You abducted that I child. Did a great job. And you married her. Okay, sure. You can have her six months of yeah. the year. That's yeah, fine. That's okay. And like, I, I just Zeus going up back to the Mount Olympus. Just again, just patting himself on the back. Man, I'm good at this. He's like. He's like, man, I fucking Fuck nailed yeah. that. And he's like, I did nail that. I nailed that. I nailed that. I nailed that. <laughs> I've What haven't I nailed yet? I'm going to turn into yeah. it today and go nail it. Yeah. Where's Zeus? I don't know. I think he became a frog today. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he, and then he fucked a horse mm-hmm. as a frog. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what he does. That's Zeus stuff. Typical Zeus stuff. So anyway, that's how the seasons were made. And for a long time, that has been the cycle. You have the sudden spring of life when the temperature begins to warm, leading to the bountiful abundance of life that comes with summer. Then you reap that bounty to endure as the weather gets colder, the days get darker, till it's the heart of winter and there are very few signs of life left. Right? It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So wintertime. We have all of these modern things that seem jovial and fun now with the modern traditions that have evolved out of uh, very dark history and folklore and all that stuff. But now it's Christmas. Yay. Yep. It's cold and dark out there, though. Yeah, it is. As we, as we record this right now, it is almost the darkest day of the year. It's pretty close. It's pretty dang close. Mm-hmm. And that's why throughout history's past... This time of the year may not have been so joyful. We gather at this time of year with family and friends to keep warm and fuzzy, to drink and be merry, all that kind of stuff. When in the past, families may have been coming together to simply make it through the winter, where the gatherings weren't so joyful as they were survival. And where like the winter night, things get dark. It's true. They do, they do unfortunately. Yeah. Well... In the spring of 1846, a group of nine wagons left Independence, Missouri to make the trek across the plains of the land to the land of milk and honey known as California. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Nice. Changing directions here a little bit. Yeah, nice. You know, it's a beautiful place, that California, eh? Sunny California. Well. Well... Nine wagons, 32 people, and everything they owned in life were sad to see their old lives, you know, that they were leaving behind. 
people came out probably to wave them off and you know say their goodbyes mm-hmm. but but they were hopeful of the future some tears in their eyes waved to friends and family uh being the mid 1800s seeing those you care about wasn't a simple video call away and not even a few hour drive you know it was a six month trek from california to california from missouri it's tough yeah so like maybe a long just, time if they ever s- go ahead oh no i was just gonna say because because now it takes like you know days which seems long I mean, not even days, really. Right. It's true. Isn't it like 30-something, like, like a day and some, if you just drive straight through from here or from Missouri, yeah. so it's a little yeah. closer. Yeah. I mean, so if we drove, it'd probably be three or four days, if I had to guess, unless yeah. you're really putting in time. Right. So compared I to... I mean, it's, what, maybe a five-hour flight? Yeah, you're right, exactly. I, if we're going up on the sky, yeah, that's no big deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but six months, big difference. Huge difference. Huge. A lot more, a lot more work too. Yeah, not quite as fun. You can't just hop over there and enjoy the coastline. No, you're planning that shit out for like a year ahead of time. Right. You got nine wagons full of shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it may have been a long time before, or if they ever even see, you know, their friends and other family again. However. This was prime time for manifesting some destinies. Cool. Awesome. Cool stuff. Yeah. I'm so a lot of people were doing this, you know? Yeah. Uh, the trail they were on, uh, you are very familiar with, whether in video game form or not, but it was called the Oregon Trail. Badass. Yeah. I think that was one of the first video games I ever played. I agree. And it... I mean, it was up there at least. Yeah, does that <laughs> like, and do I do I owe some of my love of history to the Oregon Trail? Do I? Maybe. I mean maybe. I liked hunting because of it. I don't hunt in real life though, so I don't know. No, oh, that's true. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't mind learning to become a hunter, but um Me Yeah, neither. I was just always always afraid of fording rivers and getting dysentery. It's like is that really a problem? Am fording gonna... rivers was hardcore. <laughs> it was. Oh um, it's like oh Dysentery's <laughs> also hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't get it. It's like, oh, Julie died in the river, and Sam died of dysentery. It's like, oh, shit. Oh, well. Oh, goodbye. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Let's manifest some destiny. Yeah, I mean, someone's got to manifest this destiny, I guess. Right? I guess? Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my gods. Oh, my gods. Well, it went smoothly for the first few months. They even came across more travelers, added them to their wagon train. Cool, friends. At this point, yeah. At this point, the train had about 60 wagons. That's a lot of wagons. That's a lot of wagons. Um, now, uh, you know, they're wagons, so they're moving at a slow but steady pace. Right. As you would expect. And like I said earlier, um, they had their entire livelihoods with them. Entire households on wagons. Damn it. Along with extra oxen, cattles, horses, their dogs. There were homes on wheels. The, uh, The original tiny houses. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very livable. <laughs> Lots of space. Yeah, some had like full mattresses and everything. Holy shit. I forget what they nicknamed one. I didn't write it down. But it was like the Palace of the Prairie or something like that. Well, that's... Something very close to that. Yeah, that's asking for a different kind. That's asking for... Yeah. Well, yeah, that's quite a name for a thing. Yeah. But occasionally on their, you know, their trek, they would meet people coming back from California on the trail, and they would exchange small talk, tips. Eventually... uh, they came across a guide, like a booklet, uh, called the Emigrant's Guide to Oregon and California. Okay. It was passed um, passed about amongst themselves. And there was a new trail discovered called the Hastings Cutoff. Okay. It was said to be a new and better road to California. But the addition of all the other wagons... And just the lumbersome wagon travel in general is slow, as you can imagine. It's true. So I think part of this may have played in the mind of James Reed, who advocated that the group take this new and improved uh, route in, in into California. So when the track... When the wagon train reached the split in the trail where they would have to make the choice to follow the Oregon Trail further or to take the new Hastings cutoff, Reed and the entire group had been warned by others that they should not take the Hastings cutoff because it might be difficult for their wagons. But they disregarded that warning of others, and uh, Reed still advocated for the Hastings cutoff. He'd been kind of enthralled by this bold adventurer that had written this book or guide. It's not, it's more of a pamphlet. Uh, Lansford Hastings, who was leading a different group just ahead of uh, his group. He was like enthralled by the adventure personality and seemed like the guy knows his stuff, you know? Yeah. He seems so he had, yeah. Yeah. So he, he's like, no, Let's go, let's take the Hastings cutoff. This guy knows his shit, and he said the route would take 350 miles off the overall trip. That's a nice nice shortcut. 350 miles in a wagon? Yeah, I would. I may, I'm sold. Right, I may want to risk that, because that seems like way faster than whatever the hell I was planning to do. Right. Um... Yeah, he said it's a nice shortcut, not too rugged country, no hostile Native Americans, water's easy enough to find, there's one tricky part where you have to crawl a dry lake bed, but that could only take a couple of days, or that should only take a couple of days, you know, so with that in mind, they're off. There we go. Yeah, so the trickiest part is just that dry lake bed, so they were off, it was, uh, Mid-July at this point. They'd been on the road for a couple months. So, within days, they found the terrain to be much more difficult than had been described to them. Drivers were forced to lock the wheels of their wagons to prevent them from falling down steep inclines. 
Several years of traffic on the main Oregon Trail had left an obvious path where at this new this new route it's much more difficult to find. You know, and like I said, uh, this guy Hastings, that this is his cutoff. He's leading the group ahead of them. But they're a couple days ahead of them. Okay. Okay. Um, and you know, he can't text somebody or call somebody. No. So that would have been so helpful. It would have been very helpful. Like if they, everything's old technology except cell phones, you can still send them a text. Mm-hmm. Like everything else is just as ancient, but for some like, reason they have cell phones. Like where are you at dog? Yeah. Hey man, even if it's just like cell phones from like the early two thousands, can you just like send it like, you know, with T nine <laughs> word, he has to keep clicking the buttons. So it's an old phone. Hey, just I'm, send him a quick page. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, let me beep it. I got my beeper on me. <laughs> yeah, it says, yeah, my Nokia. It says slow sucks. Huh. Huh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he's beeping him with his Nokia. <laughs> he's chirping at him. How stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's why I said where you at, dog. Yeah, it's, yeah it right. made me think of the, <laughs> the Nokia. <laughs> exactly. <stuff. laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everything's the same, but they're able to do that to yeah. each other. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> just a weird one of those parallel universes where, like, that somehow developed, but like nothing else is right. Up yeah. to, it's just somehow this is a thing. They haven't mastered everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, that wasn't the case in this rea- the story's reality because no. instead, Hastings was leaving uh, directions written on letters stuck to trees. Oh, okay. It's old school text messaging. Very old school. Holy shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, fuck, that's like, like... Well, I think they're behind me. They'll hopefully get this. Yeah, paper on trees. It's a double wood combo. Holy shit. I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just little flyers. Hey, come this way. Yeah. So at this point, it's August 6th. 6th. Okay. And the the party found a letter from him advising them to stop where they are until he can come back and show them an alternate route. Well, that's nice to even offer to do. At least he was in, you know, he thought about it. Yeah. He's like, I better leave a message. Get out the old pen and paper and the hammer and nail. Yeah. Stick it on this bad boy. (laughs) Yeah. Bam, bam. Hope they fucking see it. Yeah. So uh, Reed and two other men rode ahead to go get him because they were like, uh, yeah, where that's are... not going to work. Yeah, where are you? <laughs> yeah. So they went, went to get him to have him show them the way. And when they rode off, they encountered exceedingly difficult canyons where boulders had to be moved. And, <sighs> you know, cliff faces just dropped off to a river below. And it started seeming probably impossible for wagons. Can't imagine those guys when they're just looking at the terrain get worse and worse. Like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like we got the the Prairie Palace back there. It's not coming through here. No, this is not making it. No. Well, in another letter nailed to a tree, Hastings had offered to guide the party around the more difficult areas. But he had, he would, he had only ridden back part of the way where he left another note with 
a direction for them to follow. So I was a little, I'm a little confused. I guess like he left a note and then kept going. Yeah. And said I'd send a guide, but then he only like came like part of the way back and was like, "I'm not sending a guide." Uh, yeah. What a weird. That's like find a, this. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not the. Again, that's just yeah, like sending a text, like, "Oh, sorry, I changed my mind." Oh, but like you know, you don't notice it right away, and it takes forever. It's like what? Yeah, it's, it's like a, you forgot to send it, and then you send it like half a day later yes. instead. But it doesn't actually go to them. <laughs> like, no. <so> it's... <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, uh. I, hate they, I hope they keep moving so they can see this note where I said, like, I'm not going to help them, even though I told them to keep coming this way. <sighs> well, I would think that it's probably pretty easy to follow a massive, you know, caravan. But I don't know. I don't know exactly what he's got going on here right so he just leaves a direction for them to follow okay so they'd been promised a guide in the one note didn't get it whatever they find the other one they decide to turn back they have to decide whether to turn back and rejoin the original Oregon Trail or to continue following the vague nailed trees tracks left by the other party through difficult canyon terrain or do they forge their own trail in the direction that Hastings has recommended I feel like only one of these decisions is a good one which one I mean just turn around guys well at Reed's urging the group chose the new direction that Hastings had recommended and a note nailed to a tree this is this is this is the same kind of bullshit in a different way. Their progress slowed to about one and a half miles a day. All able-bodied men were requi- required ugh, required to clear brush, fell trees, and heave rocks to make room for the wagons. Just turn around. Nope, it's like a video game. He can only go forward. Oh man, because like even doing the math. If you go back, you're lost. But like, just kind of, just about face, go back around, find the obvious path, because I mean, obviously, all this clearing you're gonna do, like, yeah, turning around is wasting time. But like, now you're just clearing so a new you, path, so you're still wasting time. Yeah. So if you were in this situation, how would you describe your uh, state um, of being? Who am I? As far as like the hierarchy of people who make decisions in this group, just some guy, just some guy who's along for the ride, chopping down trees and moving rocks because you know some guy wants to go that way. I mean, I'd be pretty fucking pissed. Yeah, but see, well, if, if I'm cut, if I'm cut, you're oh, pretty ahead, close sir. to what I had written here. Well, yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be, go ahead. I was just say I'd be real fucking pissed, but I'd be happy uh-huh. that at least I was like being proactive. Because if I was somebody who was like a little too older, or, like too young, like if I was a kid, or I guess a kid would just be the wrong for the ride. But like if I was like an old man who is just like fed up to his, you know, he's had a lifetime of bullshit. And he's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You guys are doing what?" But as a proactive man, yeah. I might be pissed, but I'd be like, "At least I'm I'm helping. We might do it. I might have hope." But if I was an old man, I would just be fucking furious. Like more so yeah. than I would than a man who's chopping trees, who's also pissed. But like at least he has his mind distracted by doing stuff. You know, at what least I mean? he he's hitting something with an right. axe like, to clear better, his mind. It's better fucking work. Chop, chop. Just... Well, if you can imagine, frustration began to grow, grow, yeah. and grow. 
Not that that's a word. It's well, it's, but, this, uh, this sounds like if you're if you're on the path, if you're making a path off the Oregon Trail and you're cutting woods and things down, I believe that is called drawing. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's the term. So I think you I think you wrap that up pretty well, <laughs> though. And you just me asking what your feelings on being stuck in this situation would be. Oh yeah, in my head I'm there, and this is how I'm like, oh my god, what the hell? You guys are doing what? I'm doing I'm yeah. doing what? Yeah, so doubts are creeping into the minds of these people that are laboring away intensely to remove to move barely over a mile a day. God, man. It's just, and it's the height of summer heat. This is August. This is just yeah, top down like the bureaucracy of this wagon train is just fucking terrible. And the guys at the bottom are like, "What the fuck is happening?" Yeah, many people were giving James Reed the old stink eye, I would imagine. Just you know that. Yeah, cuz it's not even like glance you're, yes. where you're you're too lazy to even actually look at him cuz you're like, "Fuck this guy." Right. And I imagine, I mean, this will be better for us because you can see me, but anyone listening, just imagine a guy with a machete chopping as he just side-eyes as Reed walks by, just chopping. <laughs> <laughs> Staring into his soul. Uh-huh. He's like, oh. Just points at the tree, points at Reed, then smacks it with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! <laughs> he's This guy has made his own post-it note and put a piece of paper and just wrote Reed on it, and he's hacking it. <laughs> Yeah. Reed's like, oh, maybe this was a bad idea. Well, it was grueling, but they made it. Oh, okay. In the, wa- uh. in the waning days of August, another torn and weather-beaten note from Hastings is found. The pieces of the note, oh. when put together, indicated that there were two days and nights of difficult travel ahead without grass or water. You know, grass mostly for the animals. Uh, yeah. So, two-day journey, though. The party, they rest their oxen and prepare for the trip. After that, they uh, set off and have to traverse a thousand-foot mountain that lay directly in its path. And from its peak, they saw ahead of them a dry, barren plain, perfectly flat, covered with white salt. It was larger than the the plane they had just crossed and what appeared to be one of the most inhospitable places on earth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Do you think they're fist pumping? Yeah. Probably not fist pumping. I think everybody, if Reed was in the back, or if like anyone was in front of him, I just imagine the turnaround to stare at him was in unison. Just one like sw- like one like turn. <laughs> like the head tilt. Like, yeah. are you fucking serious? Like the, the one of the guys who's a little more animated because they're you know back then probably real stoic. He raises his hand and just kind of points with his palm and then just still stares deadpan at him. Yeah. You seeing this shit? Are you? You see this? Then he might become more animated and just bring his hands like up, up, like out, like he's reaching toward the sky and just do like the first shruggy that we've ever seen. It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Salt? Maybe a slow clap from everybody else. Oh, yeah, the slow clappers are good. (laughs) Then one little kid in the back who's like kind of a teenager, like a young teen, he just like, um, like, Mm -hmm. so he's not an idiot, is my point. Like, he's he's like, Mommy, am I going to die? And it's like, oh. And then Reed's like, oh. 
Are we going to make <laughs> is this it? Is this man's fault? <laughs> yeah, is this guy going to make me die? Well, their oxen already fatigued, and their water was already nearly gone. But at this point, they're committed. <sighs> they're all in. They've made the they've made the jump. At this point, there's no doubling back. Nope. Now we're just in it for the long haul. So the party press onward on August 30th, having no alternative. In the heat of the day, the moisture underneath the salt crust rose to the surface, and it turned into a gummy mess of salt, sand, and water. Oh, so this is this is just death paste. Yeah. That's all this is, is death-based. Good for no one. The wagon wheels, yeah, the wagon wheels sank into it, sometimes up up to the, like, the uh, midpoint of the wheel. Yeah. So a couple feet, and the days were blisteringly hot, the nights were frigid, several of the group saw visions of lakes and wagons. And believe that they had finally caught up to Hastings. And I bet they wish they had caught up to that motherfucker. Oh my god, right? He's like, I mean, he would have not have met a, uh, would not have been a uh, a good meeting for Hastings, let's just mm. say that. Yeah. So after three days, the water's all gone. Some of the party removed their oxen from the wagon to press ahead to find more water. And some of the animals were so weakened they were just left yoked to the wagons and the wagons abandoned. Oh, no. Nine of Reed's oxen... Nine of Reed's ten oxen broke free. Uh, They bolted off into the desert. Man. Probably in search of water. I'm on Team Oxen. Yeah. Peace it, boy! Uh, many other families, cattle and horses, also started going missing. The rigors of crossing this, what'd you call it? Death paste. Death paste. <laughs> uh, caused so, like, irreparable damage to the wagons, yeah, some of the wagons. All the salt and just, I like, can just imagine it rotting away at the wood or just, the, even just the, yeah. the tough terrain being dragged through it. Putting stress on wheels, not meant to do this. Mm-hmm. But but no lives had been lost. No human lives had been lost. It's a start. They made it across the Great Salt Lake Desert. Uh, a journey that was supposed to be two days and just around 40 miles ended up being 80 miles and took six days. Great. Good use of time for everyone involved. Do you think frustrations are growing? Maybe just a little bit. One or two people. Probably. Just a, I mean, just, they're probably fine. They're probably just, like, this was planned. This is great. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know what? I, I came out. I went west for adventure. Isn't this adventurous? Isn't this fun? Yeah. Yeah. This is great. I'm becoming a better person. Pioneers. You know, yes. These are the pioneer days. Yeah, this is we're winning. Manifesting stuff. Yeah, we're festing the manas, and we're winning this Western Plains thing. Because who doesn't want to take control of a salt desert? Great. So glad we came through here. 
Exactly. Well, none of the party at this point had any faith left in Hastings' cutoff. Good. As they had crossed the the desert, they recovered on the, at the springs that were on the far side. They spent several days here trying to recover cattle, retrieve the wagons that they had left behind, you know, because they were in desperation, had to, we can't sit in this desert and right. try to get these wagons fixed. Yeah, recharge, and then go back, and then fix them, and then bring them, because you know there's a, there's a little light here. We're not out of the tunnel, but there's a little bit of light right in this spot, so we'll take it. Right. It's, I mean, it had to feel like a oasis, you I mean, know, seriously. at that point. It's like, thank God. After six days and that shit. Uh-huh. Well, so they transferred food and supplies to other wagons while everybody's out trying to recover as much as they could. Uh, Reed's family incurred the heaviest losses, and that turned into Mr. Authoritative Reed becoming more assertive and asking all the families to submit an inventory of their goods and food to him. No. He's got the yeah. he's got the cojones to do this, right? Uh. He su- he suggested that two men should go to Sutter's Fort, which is in California, because he had heard that John Sutter was exceedingly generous to wayward pioneers and could assist them with extra provisions. Okay, not a bad idea. Yeah, so I I did drop a lot of names out of this story because there are a lot of names. I believe you, but like at certain points, I'll try to hit the characters that are you know important sure so we're not trying to just name 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 and go crazy on that right so a man named charles stanton and another volunteer decide to undertake the dangerous trip to uh sutter's fort so while they do that the remaining serviceable wagons are beginning to be pulled by teams made up of cows, oxen, and mules. You know, a hodgepodge, if you will. Yes. You know, it's not just a ox-drawn wagon anymore. It's no, it's a uh, con- well. Yeah, we have these. Yeah, it's, this is <laughs> yeah. We these are what we have. This is our conglomeration of creatures. And good luck to everyone involved. Good luck to all of us and mm-hmm. these creatures. Good luck, everybody. Yeah, so, and the reason they're doing that is because most of these animals are exhausted and lean, you know, from... Right. I mean, I think they've been out for five months at this point? Man, Four months? this miserable. That's fucking horrible. Yeah. Jesus. Can't be great. No, we should have just waited until planes were... In Nobody's place. had a shower. Yeah, no, everybody smells like shit. <laughs> You've been just yeah. rotting in your filth. You've been... And your morale is garbage, so you're emotionally not even put together. Just a terrible time. Yeah. Well, they they crossed the next patch of desert pretty well. Yeah. The it started to seem to get easier and easier. Um, despite their had to be like absolute loathing of this Hastings guy. Right. They're stuck in his tracks at this point. They've, they're too far. Now they are really too far in. 
Yeah. At this point, it's September 26th. Uh. Two months after they had broken off of the uh, original trail. Oh, and they, they're they back on it, though. Oh, they got back on the original trail? Hastings Trail? No, no, no. The Oregon Trail? The Oregon Trail. Oh, okay. After a roundabout way. Well, because it kind of splits in different... Yeah. If you look at, like, a map, it there's, like, the California Trail eventually, and they, like, they kind of, like, jog around a little okay. bit, so... Well, that's... It was, you know... Good? That's a good thing I would I would think... Yeah, so they get they get back on the trail and along the Humboldt River. The shortcut. Shortcut. Yep. Yep. Had delayed them by about a month and added approximately 150 miles to their journey. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, worth it. Yeah. Well, we we saw these new things. That we hadn't seen before, like the death paste, and we lost a lot of our animals. <laughs> it's been great. Loved every minute of it. You know, sometimes you just do things for the story. Oh, yeah, that's what we did. Did it for the story. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we did this. <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. Well, after that, along the river, the group encountered some Paiute Native Americans. Okay. They they joined the group for a while, couple of days, but then they took off and stole or shot a bunch of their oxen and horses. What did they do? That they shot all a bunch of their oxen and horses. Cool. And stole some. Oh well, they needed some to, for the road. Yeah. Good. So now, at this point, we're well into October. Ah. And if they weren't already, tensions are rising. Oh man. So one man uh, begins to angrily beat one of Reed's ox that are hooked up to his wagon. Reed tries to intervene, and that man, the other man, decides to rain down blows upon his head with a whip handle. Oh, my God. Reed's wife attempts to intervene, and she gets hit, too. Of course she does. And Reed retaliates by stabbing the man to death. Great. So, uh-huh. we've we've crossed the threshold. That's like the breaking point, right? Like, yeah, you see the tension building, uh-huh. and there's finally that snap. Yep. And then it sets it off because now these are, this is where we are now. A man is dead because he was pissed and then got stabbed by the fucker who made him mad in the first place. So, mm-hmm. here we are. Well, United United States laws were not applicable west of the Continental Divide. Because that is actually Mexican territory cool. at the time. Cool. And, and so wagon trains typically dispense their own justice. Ah, sure they did. So witnesses said that they saw the man hit Reed and that he hit his wife. And the guy that died was, at this point, anybody's probably more popular than Reed. Probably. But... When it was suggested that he be hanged, they were like, no, well, it seemed like he was defending himself. 
Right. So we'll just force him out of camp on his own. Oh. Good so luck. they exile him. Good luck. Yeah. What happened to his wife? Is that a dumb question to ask? She stays. <laughs> he, Bye, honey. <laughs> yeah, he departs alone the next morning, though. So at this point, the trail has splintered these families into factions and groups. Of course. You know. Yes. They're becoming distrustful. Right. Uh, they're looking out for themselves. It's becoming... Yeah, they've... Dog eat dog, yeah, they, well, they, I guess. Yeah, they've made their own clans now, because that's what humans do. So now we have this going on. When we we yeah. started as one unit, and now we've created this madness. Yeah. Resources are becoming scarce for the animals. So in order to lighten their loads, everybody's expected to walk. They're, the animals are just going to tow everything besides the people now. Got it. A 70-year-old man was told he had to walk or die. A few days later, that man sat next to a stream, his feet so swollen they had split open, and he was never seen again. Great. Promising. Um, When others pleaded to go back for him, a lot of people said, we're not wasting resources on a man that's almost 70. Oh, good. Well, that's, you know... You're starting to see the scales tip here more and more. Yeah, people are becoming. Yeah, that that you know that kind of human being is coming out. We know the kind. Here he comes. Mm-hmm. Here he comes. Native Americans chased away all of one group's horses, and another wagon had to be left behind. Grass growing in shorter supply, the cattle spread out more, which allowed the Paiutes to steal eighteen more during one evening. And then sev- several mornings later, they shot twenty-one. Jesus, guys. Yeah. So far, the company had lost approximately 100 ox and cattle. That's so much livestock and money. Yeah, I mean, livestock is livelihood mm-hmm. and money. It's everything. Like at this point. It's everything. Mm-hmm. That's why cowboys are such a thing. Yeah. So... <sighs> One man tried to cash his wagon where, like, you kind of make it, you hide it or bury it or dismantle it so it can't be used or taken. Okay. So he tried to do that with the help of a couple others, and those others returned without him, reporting they had been attacked by Paiutes and that the man that owned the wagon had been killed. Hmm. One more stretch of desert lay ahead. Another family's oxen had been killed by Native Americans, and they were forced to abandon their wagon and forced to walk, carrying their children and miserable with thirst. Great. But that desert finally came to an end, and the party found the Truckee River in a beautiful, lush country. Sweet. Now, they knew they had little time to rest, it being October. Yes. Uh... They had to cross the Sierra Nevadas before the snows came. Stanton, who I mentioned earlier, he was one of the two men that had left to seek assistance from John Sutter. Uh, He found the company, and he brought mules, food, 
Food. <laughs> food. Yes. Food. <laughs> I love a good. I love, I love food. <laughs> food. Yeah. And two Miwok Native Americans named Luis and Salvador. He also brought news that the exiled breed and another, although haggard and starving, had arrived at Sutter's Fort in California. By this point, to the bedraggled, half-startled group still traveling, it must have seemed that the worst of their problems had passed. They had already endured more than many immigrants ever would or had at that point. It was mid-October, and the Donner Party was nearly there. Well, this will work out well for everyone. Yeah. That's fine. Probably. Yeah, this, I mean, no one's, yeah. What? Yeah, what is the Dahmer party? You've, you've never heard of that, right? Yeah, no. no, I've never, I have no idea what that is. But that's, isn't. Yeah. It's isn't, not a spoiler to how things end here at all. No, isn't the, isn't the, isn't, the, I, maybe I heard a story about like, where like, they're, they're the one who like, they endured this hardship and they all made it to a place and lived happily ever after. Isn't that one of the yeah, stories think, about? Do you think that? I mean, it might be one of them. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who doesn't know the stories. But that, that could be an option here. Maybe. You could. It's probably a. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Snow began to fall. Good. But there was only one obstacle left in front of them. Yeah. One more one thousand foot slope, and they, they'd already done that before. Sure. They're, yeah, they're pros. They're experts at this point. That's what they're. That's what the Dahmer Party is known for: just scaling mountains. Yeah. But like I said, the snow had already started to fall. Of course, it did. They found themselves unable to make the ascent. Over the course of the next few days, many attempts were made, but the snow drifts were sometimes five feet deep, sometimes ten feet deep. It was making this final obstacle impossible. Camps were set up to wait for a thaw to break the pass. Snow doesn't typically typically become an obstacle over here until late November. They're in October. It's going to be fine. Yeah, totally good. Just good party. So they make camp. Good time, yeah. Good times. Maybe knock a few drinks back and just yeah, relax. Yeah, pound them. Hell yeah. On the 4th of November, a blizzard rolled in, and it snowed for eight days straight. Who hated these people? Around who hated them? Who, every, I don't know. Who hated them? Zeus? Yeah, Zeus is like, well, <laughs> you know. Somebody's got to get fucked sometime. What do you mean, Zeus? Yeah. Yeah. You guys ready to get fucked? <laughs> yeah, he's like, Here it comes. That's, that's a, Zeus found a new way to fuck people. He's like, ah, oh, the, the, the conventional way is boring. This is how I'm going to fuck them now. It's like, Zeus, like, just watch. <laughs> This is like 1800s America. He's like, I know. They need a taste. Just get so, ready. Oh, around 80 they, people. I just said s- they need a taste. <laughs> Never mind. There's nothing to do with this story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> around 80 people were stuck in the frozen wasteland. Oh God. And over half of them were children. Wow, this is just better and better. Yeah. By the time the party made camp, very little food remained from the supplies that uh, Stanton had brought back from Sutter's Fort. The oxen had begun to die, 
their carcasses became frozen and then were stacked. Um, Truckee Lake was not yet frozen at this point, but these people were unfamiliar with catching trout or fishing in lakes. Um, oh shit. I think it was William Eddy. Let me check, double check that real quick because sure. he becomes important. I only wrote, wrote his last name down. Sure. Yeah, William William Eddy. Um, he was the most experienced hunter. Uh, he killed a bear, but after that, there wasn't much luck. The Reed and Eddy families had lost almost everything. So, Margaret Reed promised to pay double when they got to California for the use of three oxen from a different family, and that family charged her $25, which doesn't sound like much, but at the time was a lot, mm-hmm. and it's normally what you would co- normally what you could expect to pay for two healthy oxen, but she paid $25 for the carcass of an ox that had starved to death. Jesus. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. Cool. Desperation. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Desperation yeah. grew in camp. Yeah. And some decided that maybe some individual groups, you know, leave the wagons behind, could get through the pass. So on November 12th, the storm finally stopped, and a party tried to reach the summit on foot but found that the snow, the drifts, and everything was too difficult. Over the next week, multiple attempts were made by other small parties, but both quickly failed. At this point, it's November 21st. A large party, 22 people, reached the peak. They make it about one and a half miles west of the summit, but then that too has to... They have to turn back. Camp life was delightful. I'm sure. No, it was miserable. Oh. The the cabins, there were three cabins here. I don't know if I mentioned this. I think I left it out. Okay. There were three cabins from a couple of years earlier pioneers had left. So, like, there are a couple buildings at least uh, to try fuck. to reside in. But, they found some buildings. But for 80 people. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, like three small cabins. That's not enough for everybody, but that's. It's a start. It's some. It's walls, at least. Yeah. So it was miserable. They were the. It was cramped, filthy. It snowed so much that people were unable to go out do- outdoors for days at a time. Diets soon began to consist of oxide. Uh, oxide strips that were boiled and make made a. I have to imagine absolutely delightful glue-like jelly that probably didn't taste good or actually give you any sort of nourishment. No, just eat, putting things in your body. Yep. Ox and horse bones were boiled repeatedly to try to make soup. Oh, God. They were boiled so repeatedly that it became brittle. Oh, God. And they would so brittle that they would try to eat the bones and they would just crumble to dust when chewed <laughs> this sounds like a fucking party yeah sounds delightful just, like I said yeah right? nailed it yeah 
Um, sometimes the bones were softened or leather was softened by being charred and eaten. Oh, God, the eating the leather. Always with the leather eating. Uh, a family's children would pick apart the oxide rug that you know lay in front of the fireplace. They would roast it in the fire to eat it. Um, like I said, a lot of these are kids too. So, right. So the actual Donners who I left unnamed for, you know, story purposes. Yeah, right. Exactly. Were the actual leaders of this group, the two Donner brothers. That Reed guy was just an outspoken well-to-do guy that a lot of people, you know, first kind of believed, and he quickly became kind of the villain of sorts. Well, yeah, he because, was yeah, shooting above his pay grade, thinking he knew what he was doing. Yeah, because he wanted to be the leader, but, like, he, everybody was like, nah, you seem, like, it was written that he was authoritarian and, yeah. like, wanted to be, like, an autocrat-type leader. Well, that's what... Where the, the the Donners were more, like, menial, like, got along with people. Sure. So they were dubbed the leaders of this group. Yeah, I mean, he... Yeah, he well, he wanted to be, you know, in charge, and that's how his... That's... See, when, you, when you're desperately... And people, and people are like, no, we no. don't like that. you got to stop it, man. Yeah, when you desperately want to be in charge, like, you just... Cr- like, the people... Like, that's... That's a problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so people are eating leather. They're catching mice that wander into the cabins. They're eating those. The Donners actually live a round-trip, full-day trek from these cabins. So they're set up in camp down by a creek. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the the fucking problem with mouse shit. You know, doing this and just you know, it's a lot of talking. Um. But occasionally, uh, groups would go back and forth from the camp to the cabins. You know. Um. At one point, Margaret Reed managed to save enough for food for a pot of soup on Christmas. And that probably went over really well with whoever got some. But by January, they were facing starvation again and back to eating ox hides. (sighs) And not only, like, this isn't the rug in front of the fire anymore, this is the roof that they're using. I mean, god damn it. Oh, boy. Huh. So at this point, they decide, some of them decide, it'd be better to sit here and, it'd be better than sitting here and watching our children starve to try to find anything and come back. Possibly true. Mm Mm-hmm. So a party of 17 men, women, and children set out on foot 
in an attempt to cross the mountain pass, you know, to break through it finally. Right. Um, so, yeah, they all they decided to try to break through. And, like, these aren't just strangers. Like, they're leaving their kids behind, like these mothers and fathers. But they're trying to bring some of these kids to get through and everything. And, I don't know, it had to be a mess. But they packed lightly. They t- took with them what had become six days worth of rations. I can't even imagine what that means. Yeah, they had they had rations. What is how many shoelaces and roof parts did you it's bring a boot. with you? It's just a boot, right? Literally, like, a boot. I don't know. Right. Uh, they had a rif- a rifle, a blanket each, a hatchet, and a couple pistols hoping that they could make it all the way to Bear Valley, which is what their destination was. Okay. They handmade some snowshoes out of uh, some... I forget what it's called. But the things that they hitch the oxen to the carts with. Okay. It's like a a ring, like a a U-shaped thing. So they tried to manufacture some snowshoes out of that, which... They did, and they helped, but none of these people are used to moving through snow that's 12 feet deep. No, who is? Huh. Uh. By three days, most of them were snow blind. Great. On the sixth day, Eddie discovered that, William Eddie, discovered that his wife, who he had left behind in camp, had hidden a half pound of bear meat in his pack. Holy fuck. Which I'm guessing got distributed amongst the people as best as possible or a couple of them or... But... Right. At this point, it's December 21st. The heart of winter. The heart of fucking winter. So Stanton, the previously hero from bringing all supplies back... He'd been struggling for a few days at this point. Sure. And he decided to remain behind. He said he would follow shortly. But that was the last he was seen alive. Oh, no. At this point, the group becomes lost and confused. Two more days without food. Some ideas get start getting tossed around. Okay. Maybe somebody should volunteer to die so that they could feed the others. Yeah, we got there. Just an idea. Probably even... It's an idea. I mean, I'm not serious about it. You know, what if? What if? if? You know know what makes you think about that what if question? Eating buffs and cabin roofs. Buffs. I said buffs. Hilarious. I meant boots. That's that's the soup they made with boots and roofs. Boofs. It's called buff. Yeah, I'm having a buff. Not a boof. That's different, but a buff. That's That's very different. Yeah, we just, for five days, we're just eating each other's boofs. You were doing what? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Boots and Yeah, we're roof. boofing it. Yeah, we're... <laughs> ah, yes. No, don't do that. Yeah, so, I mean, right, and chewing on malleable oxen bones, that's going to make somebody be like, hey, what if, you know, we got people, what do you think? Yeah, what, do what you, if? Just, just a question, just, you know, creative extra, it's a writing prompt. Creative exercise. Well, maybe that idea was countered with a, uh, what if we duel for it instead? 
or you know another account says that maybe we should maybe we should do a lottery oh, so now now we're getting to in, now we've just decided to get into the logistics of the situation people are really somebody's like maybe we should just keep going until somebody drops yeah survival of the fittest literally yeah a blizzard hits the group though oh god these god dang blizzards thank goodness for global a man warming. named antonio is the first to die what was his name antonio oh antonio another quickly followed as the as the blizzard progressed one man began to rant deliriously he stripped off his clothes and ran into the woods he returned shortly afterwards and died a few hours later. Not long after, the group had begun to eat the man's flesh. One woman tried to feed some to her brother. He died shortly afterwards. Oh, God. Eddie, Salvador, and Luis, the two Native Americans, yeah. refused to eat any of it. The next group, or the next morning, they stripped the muscle and organs from Antonio and a few of the other bodies that had died. They dried them and tried to store them for the next few days, taking care to ensure that they, at least, I'll give them this, they took care to make sure nobody ate a relative. Well, that would be fucked up. Yeah. But, like, just eating this guy you've known this whole trip, it's fine. Yeah. They still have standards. So, yeah. So, after three days, they set off again in search of the trail. Eventually, Eddie, who had stayed strong, he succumbed to his hunger and he, he consumed some human flesh. <sighs> they began taking apart their snowshoes after a while and eating the webbing at this point Luis and Salvador the two Native Americans uh, had refused to consume any human flesh yeah and Eddie being you know not pleased to do so he put it off as long as he could warned them that there's some talk going around because they wouldn't do you it. Guys, they guys maybe should leave because you're gonna be next. Because they're the they're the oddballs out. They're <sighs> the Native yeah, Americans the versus so, the whites here. Ah, oh, goddamn it! What an American pastime. The Native Americans versus the whites. Ah, oh, what the mm -hmm. f what the hell? They're all in the same group together, but now it's time to like now. You're different. You're you guys are. You guys are food now. We were the same. Yeah. But now, you know what? We could be the same. You know, we could even be one. Do you want to be one with each other? The ultimate unity? What do you mean by that? <laughs> you could be you could be in me. I'm like, what do you excuse me? You know, I don't I maybe I don't I don't want to know this. Oh, so so yeah. Eddie tips him off though and, and they bail. Good job, Eddie. Hell yeah. Um and then at this point, the party's down to only 7. Holy shit. Yeah, so they lost 10 members at this point. Uh, Eddie goes out with a couple, uh, another to hunt. And being the good hunter that he was, he brings back a deer. Thank gosh. Thank God. Thank the when gods. When they get back, 
when they get back, though, they find that somebody else's body has already been cut apart and cleaned for food. Guys, we got this deer. Calm down. At this point, they've been away from camp for 25 days. Oh, no. And then they come across Salvador and Luis, who had fled and had not eaten for about nine days. They're close to death when one of the other one of the party shot the pair, believing it was their only hope in avoiding imminent death from starvation. Ironically, January twelfth, the group stumbles into a Miwok camp, which is who Luis and Salvador were from. That's their tribe. Oh my god, it's their dudes. They look so disoriented and deteriorated and just, I can't imagine how horrifying they would look. Uh, They stumbled into camp and the camp's inhabitants just ran away. They're probably covered in blood. They they smell like death. They smell like death. Eventually they came back, though, and they gave them what they had to eat, which, you know, was acorns, grass, pine nuts. And after a few days, Eddie continues on with the help of a Milwaukee, uh group, and they make it to a ranch at the edge of Sacramento Valley, where Eddie hurriedly assembled a rescue party where they came back and they found the other six survivors that he was with on January 17th. It had taken them 33 days from camp to reach California at all. Okay? Yeah. A a good little haul. Yeah, that's quite a haul. Reed, like I mentioned earlier, he gets, he made it all the way through. He's in California, but he knows his family's behind him. Right. Right? So, he made it in, I want to say, October. But the last big party that had made it through you know, before the season was over, was Hastings' party, which was known as the Harlan Young Party. Okay. They had arrived in at Sutter's Fort on October 8th. And they were la- the last through. So we're looking at three months after that at this point. Such a long this time. This group's been missing. Yeah. So they start trying to assemble rescue parties and everything is pretty much as soon as Eddie gets back. You know, Reed, I guess, thought his family was going to be with him. He was exiled. You know, he killed a man. Right. Um, so they start trying to organize groups. And make the trek into the mountains, which everybody knows is dangerous at this point because there's snow everywhere. Right. It's not good. No. So after they rescued the the one party, um, Eddie tells them where the cabins should be. So the the rescue party begins to shout looking for anybody. You know, they don't see the cabins. They don't see anybody. But they're shouting for people's names that are parts of the party. 
and a woman crawls out from a hole in the snow and stares at them and asks, are you from California or are you from heaven? Okay. So. Normal. Yeah, things are probably going well. Yeah, um, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So the rescue, this first rescue party, they, they dole out some of the food that they bring with them and they, you know, they have to give it to them in small portions because otherwise they're worried they're going to kill themselves by eating too much. God, you know, they look terrible. Mm-hmm. So they, some of them trek down and they bring back some of children and adults and, I mean, none of them are healthy no. at this point. Um, so yeah, they, they bring back as many as they can. It's not much because it's slow, hard moving and they're going through snow, Reed, you have to give him, give him it. He was part of the rescue party. Um, they, some of these people that rescued these people were so like horrified that of their condition though. And like. It was noted that some of them were eating the fringe off of their rescuers' buckskin pants and stuff like that. Like, ah, yeah. ah I I can't. I that's how I'm choosing to react to that. Yeah, so that's mid February. The second relief attempt comes March first. Uh. A little bit more veteran here, but still, it's such hard going. That they they make it, and then, in quotes, uh, seeing the inside of one of the cabins past the limits of description and imagination. Inside the cabins. Yeah. What's it? The the like the living people were so deteriorated. That they were mentally gone, uh, blind. The children seeming unmoved, hadn't been cleaned in days. They were just filthy. Uh, they got 17 out that time. Only, th- only three are adults. Holy crap. Yeah. Because they're the adults are feeding their children as best as they can. Right. Oh, so... The, oh. Let that... Let that sit with you how how it will. Yep. That's how they were fed. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This some is of them a, are, these ultimate sacrifices. Oh. Some of them are so uh, out of it or frostbitten that um, Mary Donner, one of the, the wives of the... You know, the main guys. Yeah. She was so frostbitten that on the trek back, uh, one of, well, one of her children froze to death on the way back, and her feet were s- severely burned because they, she was so frostbitten that they had a fire going, and she slept with them basically in the fire and didn't notice because they were just it's, that bad. Uh, uh... Well, 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, now I was gonna so. make an icy hot joke, but it seems inappropriate. March fourteenth, a third a third group tries to relieve the rest of them. And they tried to evacuate as many adults as they could find alive. Um, oh, hold on. I left I left out a good part. Okay. A good part. Yes. In the second relief. Um, where did it go? There's one guy. Oh, here. This. So. Where's his name? Because, oh, John Stark. He was one of the rescue party, and a couple of them decided that they they couldn't make it. They weren't going to make it. They had to just take the, like, one they could and lead the couple of parents with their kids they could. And so they each took a child and left. But then this guy, John Stark... He refused to leave the others, nine children, so he picked up two at a time, would walk as far as he could, would set them down, walk back, pick up two at a time, walk them as far as he could, set them down, and he did that, and he managed to get nine of them all the way back. Damn. Yeah. Well played. So then, yeah, and then... uh. The third party, though, was probably the worst of all because at this point, it's March. It's been five months. Uh. They find most of them are kind of gone. There's one guy left, really. They they went to get as much salvage, basically, as they could because at that point, they didn't really expect anybody to be left alive but they did find a few people but there was one guy named um what's his name lewis keysberg and they found him and he had a pot full of human flesh in his cabin along with george donner's pistols jewelry and 250 dollars worth of gold he was threatened to be lynched on the spot and he confessed he had cashed some of the money on uh, Donner's wife's suggestion so that it could one day benefit her children. And he was the last person to be brought out of the camp area. A lot of people didn't believe him, and he faced ridicule for the rest of his life because they think he killed who was ever left and ate them. I mean, maybe. Maybe. He didn't. He did end up having to go to court, and he was. Uh, what are they? They found him guilty of something, but he was only fined a dollar, and then he was forced to pay court fees because, like, they couldn't actually prove anything, and they were just like, "You seem fishy as hell," and. Yeah, he's. That was like all they could do. Right, but I mean, it's like. And he's like, you know, we, I mean, I guess he probably shouldn't admit this in court, but like, you know, we were eating people, guys. That's what we were doing. I mean, I think in, I think you can, like, for survival, you can say that, I believe, in certain areas. 
It's like maritime law type shit. Yeah, it's like we were out and like what this person died. I didn't kill this. Like you can even say I didn't kill this person, but I ate him. Yeah. Whether you did or not, he's gonna know you ate him. Mm Hmm. Yeah. So that is a more thorough telling of the Donner Party than I think most people have heard. It's true. I can attest to this. <sighs> what a delightful story. Nailed it. Because it's, it's horrifying and gross and sad and who ha- all just, uh, you know, try to make a new life for yourself. Who hated these people? Like every turn. Right? It was just bad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe so. Yeah, maybe don't follow Hastings, but like you made your choice, so then, well, there you go. There's, yeah, where's Hastings at? Did someone get a hold of him? And just knock him around a little bit? Like, what was going on here, man? Uh, they did find him later, and whenever he was asked about it, because uh, obviously this, we know about this today, blew up back then too. People confronted him about it, and he said he never had any ill intentions he always just meant the best like he's like whoops yeah i tried yeah so the ultimate story of me telling you this as we enter the heart of winter is winter's a dark time yeah it is there's a lot of there's a lot of creepy stuff out there and it's dangerous i mean you know it's really true and we kind of take it a lot lighter than they did, probably, because we have modern amenities, but... I had a very, a very small taste of, like, what a, what a pioneer winter with, like, nothing around would be like. I had driven, I was driving on I-80 back to home, and it was, a. Uh, like it was, I mean, it was a whiteout. It was a complete and total whiteout where I could not see anything like in front of me, behind mm-hmm. me. I mean, I'm sure we've all experienced it, but this was like a whiteout I had to endure for like 45 minutes to an hour, which is nothing compared to anything that anyone else has experienced, like, you know, back in the day because it would be days of this shit. But I was just like looking, I was just imagining like being on a wagon, like you talked about, going through a whiteout yeah. blizzard and just being like, I hope I don't die. Right. Right. I hope I'm and fine. This actually wasn't supposed to be the entire episode. I w- intended it to go. This is to be like a little teaser. And then I, as soon as I got into the actual story of the Donner Party, though, I was like, this needs its own thing. I agree. I mean, it was a it was a it was a good executive decision because it's it's a lot of the yeah. things. And like you said, most people like, you know, obviously you told me the name. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but I mean, everything yeah. up until that point is the story and I didn't know about that stuff. I hadn't do, I hadn't, you know, done that that deep dive into that. Right. Yeah, I hadn't either. I remember, you know, you you touch on it in like social studies or something. Yeah, in, it's like they had a bad know, time. They grade. ate people. Yeah, they ate people. It was a they bad had time. Cannibals. Whoa, they were weirdos and it's yeah. like, no, they had a really bad time. <laughs> it sucked, guys. They there's a reason they just didn't jump to eating people right away. Like like a lot of bad things, there's a lot of steps in between before you do the real bad thing. It creeps up on you, and then, what if, what if we just ate a person? Yeah, I mean, so my whole thought process on this is, you know, we're entering actual winter yeah. 2020. It's true. 
what's gonna happen? No, Zach, know. no. So Zach, no. Does it does it go the Persephone route and do do we emerge clean and healthy in the spring? Oh, Zach. Of twenty one. Oh, Zach, no. Or or does it just you know go the Donner Party route? No, because Persephone looks at Earth and she's like, "I want to stay in hell." Like, no, you got to get back yeah. here. Get back here. No, uh, we need you to come back, please. Hurry back. Yeah, there's the expedition, the human expedition to the underworld to retrieve Persephone, to restore balance to the universe. Get out here. Fix this. Mm-hmm. Can we at least have some sunshine? Because that's basically all you'd be fighting for. Can I please have some sunshine? Please. Can I at least have that? Oh, God. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Just no, but like last February, I talked about the Horsemen of the Apocalypse. What is happening now? Yeah, well, let's bring it full circle. Oh, if we're gonna if we're gonna end the world, let's just fucking do it, oh, man. <laughs> oh my god! Well, there's your uplifting winter tale, the Donner Party. Yeah. <laughs> well, you hit Christmas last week, so that's I was true. Like, let's go winter. Yeah, this is straight up fucking winter. Yeah, so what, do I title this episode just the Oregon Trail? And just, <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's, you know, that would just be What funny. did I title in my text document here? I don't know, I mean, probably the white, white Death is what oh I titled. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! But I don't think that's the actual title. Probably not, I mean, this should probably just be the Donner Party, but I mean, like, right, the swerve, I don't know, like, what the fuck? Like, oh God, no. Ah, huh. anyways. The swerve, yeah. Anyways, that, I don't know. Everybody who's made it this far has heard what's happened, so you you got to at least experience it, whatever it's called. It's just an ultimate mm-hmm. shit show. Yeah, bad time. It should just be called bad time. Winter, winter bad time. Winter bad, yeah. Winter bad time. <laughs> Have you ever experienced yeah. winter? It's. Have you had a bad yeah. time? It's winter bad time. Yeah. Yep. Did you get any new boots for Christmas? Don't worry about why I'm asking. I'm just asking. Are they leather? Yeah, did, Are they real leather? Did you get a cool new jacket that is also made of leather? Real leather? Yeah. Why are you saying weird so weird? And why are you licking your lips like that? <laughs> no reason. Just... <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, just... You don't want to know. Well... That's the Donner Party. That if you've ever thought Donner about party. if you've ever thought about eating your neighbor, send me an email at Weird and Food Podcast. No, don't do that. Please send an email. Just don't eat your neighbor. That's true. Yeah, if you've thought about it, but don't do that. At Weird and Food Maybe not. Podcast at gmail.com. Patreon, support us, support the show. You can check out all of our tiers and our content we got on there. Facebook, the Instagram, all the social medias. They're there for you. Unlike food and the Donner Party, those are there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Maybe it'll help you get through the winter. Yeah. You know, when you're looking for things to do as opposed to them who are looking for things to eat and we're stuck with death yeah. paste and pure terror. Yeah. Well, Over the course of like nine months. Yeah. Zero to nine months. Eight how, months. A long time. How long does a long time to travel through hell? Right. Yeah. Th- through the well past the the entire winter, and then some. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Just stick on the, the lesson is just like, don't go off the beaten path. That's not the lesson. Oh, I have a scary enough story I can share about going off the beaten path oh. in winter and mountain times. Oh, God. Okay. Yes. It's probably the scariest thing I've ever done. Okay. That's horrifying. I'm okay. What? Uh, yes. I went backpacking through the Grand Tetons. Okay. Pro- a few years back. Probably like eight years ago now. And uh, we had to scale a significant mountain at one point. You know, you're carrying 60 pounds worth of gear on your back. Sure. And I I don't know if I like, I don't know what it would be called. But I strained my hip flexor. Ouch. So, so I didn't have like full movement in my, my right leg. So... I wasn't taking full steps. And with a full pack on going up a mountain, that means you lose time. It's true. And so I had to look through the map. You know, we had an itinerary set. So if you get lost or anything, you don't die. They come looking for you. Good. Um, something the Donner Party probably could have used. True. But uh, we ended up having to go off of our itinerary because I knew I wasn't going to be able to like do the elevation the following day that was planned so we figured out the map and we were like okay well we're gonna cross this pass over here and you know it's normally it says like like these months don't go here because snow and those months are normally like late october through march or whatever and we're in august it was august when i was there it was like mid-august so we decided to cross the trail and we get there you know, you've gone miles out of your way at this point. Uh-huh. And it's snowed over. So you can't see the trail. Oh, no. And it being August, we're not prepared for, like, snow or anything. So we improvised. And so you're just walking on, like, the face, like, the, the slope of a mountain where the trail should be. And you're like, I think it's here, hopefully. And then you take a step and you fall six feet. No! Through the snow. Oh, no. <laughs> because you're walking on boulders and you don't know it. And then you step off where the boulder should be, and it's just snow that looks like it's there, and you just drop. Oh, no. So, did that with 60-pound packs Holy on. Holy fuck. And, no. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was fun. At that point, God, it's like at least, you want to say at least it was like six feet. Could have been more. You never know. Could have been off the mountain. Could have been more. Down a, cur- yeah. down a crevasse or something. After that first one happened, we had... We didn't have a walking stick with us, but I think the front guy was using a hatchet and poking. It was three of us traversing a mountain. Because that doesn't take a long time either, poking every step to make sure you don't fall off the mountain or fall down a a hill, a cliff. Yeah. I'll see if I can find a picture when we go behind the veil. Yes, please. I got it from that day. Nice. I think I got one still somewhere. Very cool. Scary as fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. Think about that. All right. Think about that. I mean... I did that for fun. These guys did it for survival. Yeah, they just wanted to... they kind of did it for survival. Yeah, they just wanted to move. But they really did it for survival. God. Well, think about that. Because we have it... I mean, those stories are always... They're never... I mean, good to hear. They're good to know that they happen. But, like, when you're having, like, a... A real tough time. Just think about, well, I could be in the Donner Party. Yeah. 
Had, had the trip gone according to plan, we never would have heard those names, ever. Never. We wouldn't have known they those people. They would have just been another group. Yeah, just made it to California, some streets, do some businesses, who knows, just living out there. No. Now we know their mm-hmm. names. Reed, Donners, Hastings, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Well. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy the winter. And stay spooky. Yeah. Stay spooky. Mm-hmm.